Welcome to our podcast, Revival in Jesus' Way. Disciple making is Jesus' way to change the world. This is the one mission that his people should focus on. There is only one way, his way, to create lasting transformation. And God is calling his church to wake up. I'm your host, Tim Cahoe. And I am Yin Yan Xu. Yeah, so we're in the middle of a series on cliches. And one reason we want to talk about cliches is because cliches are these things that uh, this false, not good reasoning that just slips into a community. And um, in the church, you see it, it it gradually lets this um, kind of bad reasoning take hold. And then it can entrap those who believe it and kind of keep people from thinking completely according to God's heart or according to the truth. And people feel like they are because it's so commonly said and thought, but then actually it's not. So that's one reason why we want to kind of dismantle these cliches so that people can be open to hear the truth from Scripture, uh, hear the truth from God. So far in the previous podcast, we've gone through three different important cliches. The first cliche is we are the sheep and the pastor is the shepherd. And what we said is, no, actually, we are called to grow to be like Christ, not just to remain like sheep, but we are called to continue on and to do more than just be sheep and be taken care of. But we're supposed to grow into being like Jesus. Um, And then the second cliche was everything is disciple making. And what we said about this one is actually, no, when you look at scripture, you really see that Jesus had some specific things he was thinking about, you know. Looked at Matthew 28, 19, and 20, and teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And so there's something very specific, you know, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And then finally, on the last podcast, we discussed discipleship is just not my calling. Disciple making is not for everyone. And we discussed about the difference between a specific calling and a general calling. And we said that disciple-making is clearly in Scripture, it's a general calling. It's something we're all called to. So we all have a responsibility for kind of figuring this out, learning it from those who are more mature than us, and, and starting getting it started and doing it. And do you want to talk about today's podcast? Yeah, so today we are on episode four. Today's cliche is about we are too busy for disciple-making. So is this a cliche? Yes, it is a cliche. It more sounds like an excuse, but it's pretty common. So, so to me, I hear it um, in two ways. One is someone like suppose suppose some individual some individual Christians they they get the previous three ones like like yeah you're right like every every Christian should be involved in uh, disciple making either you being discipled or you are kind of mature enough to begin to start. But I also talk this, we also talk this to um, pastors, especially pretty passionate pastors that oftentimes Mm. the situation they encounter is they feel really bad to make um, busy people's lives even busier. It's kind of like Mm. there are um, people in a congregation congregation they have different different jobs and they also volunteer in the church and now you 
now I no, it's like now I have to ask them to do one more thing. It's like that kind of feeling, you know, the、mm. the guilty feeling. So we we want to talk into that, and yeah, and and when when a pastor have that kind of guilty feeling, it's very easy maybe for them to、um, jump back into cliche too, which is to substantially lower. The standards of the God God standards of building disciples.、Mm. So I think that's it. But but we will change today's style. So today's、mm-hmm. uh today's episode, we we will be more like um a uh encouraging and story sharing, uh less of a that like logic logical argument argument because we we are thinking everybody says. Uh, I don't have time. I'm too busy to anything. Actually, in their heart, they know the main reason is they don't think that thing is important enough. That oftentimes is that. So, so, so it doesn't it doesn't make too much sense. We do those like kind of the logical theoretical argument, but we want to talk to people who. Who are either persuaded or are moved by God, or or really the mix. They um. They they are ready. They want to know people also on the same path, like how um how they struggle through, how they wrestle through, and how they cope with a busy life of different roles in life and、uh, a quality disciple making life.、Mm. Yeah, we were talking about some different stories because we've we've both experienced going from a place of. Having that interest and having a desire that God has built up into our hearts, and then not yet knowing、um, how to do it and how to kind of begin to do those things. You know, how do you really begin to not be too busy for doing disciple making?、Mm-hmm. So,、uh, so we will just share from our heart whichever piece of memory comes to our mind because maybe maybe we're old enough. We have lots of stories, so we have to just share、uh, bits and. Uh, here and there, whatever memory jumping into our heart.、Mm-hmm. Um, so, so who are we? So, I I was born in China, and I spent my first twenty seven years in China. And、uh, I I mean I didn't have a plan initially, like I would go to a foreign country and live in a foreign country. So I well I was born into a family. Where the majority people people believe in atheism and、uh, believe in communism or believe in being good person, but never really heard of anything other than that because anything other than that are like superstition. So I、um, I I become more free thinking. Now free thinking, I mean, how do I say? Like a little bit background, like uh, maybe uh, maybe we'll know like. Being a high school student in China, it's like you don't really have your own time. If if you be a traditional good student, you don't really have your time to to think about your own thinking. Like where do people come from?、Uh, where do we go after death? Or or is there morality?、Mm. Like those big questions, because it's all waste of time. Because it has nothing to do with your school grade.、Mm. So、uh, include dating. Dating was forbidden in.、Uh, Chinese high school because you were too young and you would make silly decisions and and we were, I mean yeah、mm. uh, but okay off the topic so <laughs>、um, 
But so it's in yeah talk back in college I was more free thinking so that's where I began to come uh, come to in contact with uh, Christianity and my English teacher um, English professor helped me to begin to study the Bible and also read some like faith and science and those books and begin to help me to think so that's how I I uh, become a Christian mm-hmm. and then. So, but I became a Christian uh, upon my kind of graduation, my third year of um, college. And begin from then, I begin to ask a question about uh, how I should spend my life. So, I think there was a verse in Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes 2.3. So, it was a book written by King Solomon, that as a king... Uh, so rich and so successful as he was, actually, he asked the question. He said, after he searched, it's chapter 2, verse 3, he searched over all those ways how you can spend time for the rest of your life. And then he said he wants to see how we as human should spend our time, how do I say, uh, our life, like effectively. And so I, I asked that question. So I think that's that's a question like uh, mm, most most young people in their early twenties would would ask. So sometimes I ask the question: Are young people really busy? Because I know young people say they're busy, and uh, middle-aged people say they're busy. Mm-hmm. Uh, even people after retirement, they say that they're, they're busy because it, it maybe you do things slowlier now, or maybe you you will be busy. Uh, to travel, to to spend all the money you accumulated when you worked before. So, mm-hmm. But when young people say they're, they're really busy, actually oftentimes they do things, they jump around, do things, they try to figure out what is the thing so valuable worth me to um, focus and invest my life um, to, to, to live it out. You know, what, what kind of thing... I, sh- I should focus on where, where should I invest my life, so to speak. Um, so one of the first encouraged me is uh, Isaiah 46:10. It says, God says, only I can tell you the future before it even happens. So he was talking to a whole nation, but if he can tell to a whole nation, he know, hey, I know the future, I I know what will happen. He can tell me. What will happen, and uh, what what should happen in my life, and how I should live my life. Mm-hmm. So at the, at that time, after this English teacher, um, God sent me another mentor, um, and at that time they lived in Beijing. So it's like I remember I remember clearly it was like nine hours train travel from their city to to my city when I when I was in. Uh, well, right after my graduation, mm-hmm. and uh, I remember at that time I had a uh, pretty confused time. It's after I lost my first job after mm-hmm. graduation, and uh, I continue to have this like uh, uh, once in two weeks Bible study uh, with her, and it's not only just a Bible study. They 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 took the train every two weeks and come to. Invite us to 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 the nearby restaurant, uh, you know, a, a meal, and then 
uh, care about my life and um, uh, every every part of my life, and and also you actually use Bible try to help me about my life and also have have the systematic training in um, discipleship. Mm. So at that time, I remember some extra homework she gave to me is to read those uh, autobiographies, like autobiographies of uh, great people who have been used by God in uh, in different times in history. So there are many people really, really touched my young life. So one mm. person is Hudson Taylor. Mm. So he was a young, well, when, when he first, when he first uh, came to China, he was 20. He was a medical missionary from Britain. And something touched me is, well, it's actually, I read about the, the fruit of his life. It says like, um, he, how do I say, the, the, I think it's in the end of the book, says the work he started then, because he already passed away. It's in like the early 1900s. So he, mm. he already passed away. But it says like the, the work he, he started, those people uh, were saved through his ministry. 200 years after that, the, the fruit still uh, multiplied more and more and more. Mm. It's because the disciple making work he did mm. when, uh, when he was on earth. Mm. And and um and I even remember how he how he died. I I, I don't know why I have to mention that. It, it it has nothing to do with the time management but, or, or life management. But you, you know how how he died. He he died on his um, last staff meeting. It's so peaceful that he he was still working and and he dis- discussed with like. Many of those um, missionaries or disciples, he 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 helped and become I don't know maybe hundreds of people, and then he just said like I I feel a little bit tired, let me rest a little bit, and then people later find out he passed away. Mm. That's the most beautiful life I have ever seen. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that was that's really good, and you can really see how that touched your heart and kind of moved you and inspired you. Um, to really take on a disciple-making life. I think for me, a lot of times, you know, I, I knew how important it was. Even when I very first became a Christian, I, and I had, because I was raised in a Christian home, I knew how important it was to really live your life out for God. I had seen some of those examples and movies and things like that growing up, but I I just always had different things that would kind of stop me from from moving on. And I remember after being led to Christ, some of the aha moments. So that's what I kind of thought of. I wanted to share some stories, um, some of the, the aha moments. Um, one aha moment was um, when a um, guy who met me my first time going back to church after I'd been away from church for a while and I was um, in a chapel, in a military base chapel in Italy. And this guy named James, who was a military police officer, you know, he came up and talked to me. And um, he began, uh, we just began meeting once a week for Bible study. And I remember after I had kind of said that prayer and received Jesus into my life, I had a little book 
and it was uh, John MacArthur's um, How to Read the Bible. And um, just reading through that, I remember the the joy and the thrill that I got and realizing, actually, I could read through the Bible regularly. I could really have a regular time in Scripture and even read all the way through the Bible. After I saw how important it was, and then I, I saw that there was really a way that I could do it. And it's really just take a little bit of my time each day, and I could really, like, tap into the great treasure of God's blessings. Another story that kind of came to mind and I was thinking about like time and disciple making and um, just these aha moments was um, in college when I was working with some of the ministry there. And I just always thought that it's too difficult to do evangelism, to really share your faith with someone. It was only for certain kinds of people. And I just wasn't one of those. And I was very introverted. Um, I grew up, you know, I didn't have a huge friend circle. I didn't, you know, the, it was... I wasn't one of those kind of guys. It was just really outgoing. But I remember it was something so simple as they just said, you know, like, I think they said something simple like, you know, if you just meet somebody and then you can text them after you meet them. And then, you know, you send them a, a text message or something like that. And then, you know, you can go and have coffee with people and just talk to them. And like, that was enough for me where I was like, oh, well, you know, well, let me just try this, you know you know, meeting people, meeting friends at college and texting them and then, you know, saying, hey, do you want to talk about, you know, your spiritual life, you know, how, how that's going. And, you know, I was surprised by how open people were to it. And it was just such a thrill to me that it became part of my life. It, I, I saw the importance of it and then I saw how attainable it was and then I started to do it. Um, and, it's uh, it, what came to mind when I was thinking about those things and some of this topic that we're getting into was um, from Charles Hummel's uh, Tyranny of the Urgent. And a quick quote said, when we stop long enough to think about it, we realize that our dilemma goes deeper than a shortage of time. It is basically a problem of priorities. Hard work doesn't hurt us. We all know what it is to go full speed for long hours, totally involved in an important task. The resulting weariness is matched by an achievement, a sense of achievement and joy. And so it's just kind of like we all know what it's like to work really hard for something we love. And then we, we aren't really like it. We don't really like just not want to do that again. We want to do it again when we really find something we love and can invest our time in. But then there's this problem of priorities. Yeah. Um, share with us how busy you were when you were in college. Mm -mm. Yeah, so this is one thing, and I think it's part of how God has shaped some of our testimonies and the uniqueness of the testimony we have, because we God has really given us a passion for disciple making. But for instance, when I went to college, um, I had a 2.3 GPA in high school, you know, very, <laughs> very low. It is something to laugh about. And we... Um, Which university? Um, so in high school, I had a 2.3 GPA. And um, ended up getting to go to Purdue University um, through the Navy through an officer program. And for that program, because it's mainly engineers, um, they make you do the engineering level physics one and two, the engineering level calculus one and two. And I had never even studied in depth for algebra two. Yeah. So it was completely. That made you cry. <laughs> <laughs> it was jumping into a deep, you know 
pool of math and physics and very kind of difficult work. And so, um, yeah, I was like, yeah, I mean, literally I was in tears sometimes just like, I don't know if I'm going to make it, you know, so many people invested in me and so much money, you know, the Navy has, I'm not going to be able to, you know, keep up my, my 3.0 GPA, which I ended up with a much higher GPA than that, actually, you know, thanks to God's grace. But during that time, I continued in disciple making. That's where I learned to do evangelism. You know, I kept up my relationship with God during that time. And then after that, coming into the Navy, I was a surface warfare officer on an aircraft carrier for a little while. And that was very intense. You know, the just the daily life is very intense. You're having to learn to drive the ship. You're having to run a division. You know, you're a leader all of a sudden. You're having, you know, all this responsibility. But in spite of that, you know, because I had formed habits and, and you know, times when I had formed a priority of spending time with God, it it was something I can continue on. Even if I, I missed a day or something like that, if I fell off, I I was able to pick it back up because of those formed habits. And then, you know, now um, just going on from that, like the busiest job I've had, which, you know, and um, just continuing on growing the relationship with God, um, going deeper and deeper and um, trying to help others to know him better. Yeah, but we work pretty hard, actually, to uh, oftentimes like balance our time with God and time with other people to disciple them and our marriage and work and also housework and a relationship with family. Mm. It's like uh, all the things like ordinary people have, we have, we have too. I remember when, uh, when my dad first, uh, first came, uh, uh, well, first came during, during our wedding. At that time, you, you haven't graduated yet. Mm-hmm. And he he saw you uh, sometimes do homework to the late night, and in the morning before everybody got up, you you already got up to pray, and then you left. And then he always shook his head like, "How come it's so busy?" Because it's this it's a huge contrast uh, from the I mean the college life in at Purdue specifically. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the heat felt like it's in America, it's like that. And in China, um, I mean, most of schools, you just basically have lots of free time in college. But high school in China is hell. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm, so I think uh, some of the last things we wanted to cover is, one, like, what, what do we think? What do you think, Anne, is the thing that keeps people feeling like they are too busy to engage with God and, and to disciple others. I think, uh, like like the quote you said, it's about uh, priority. And so that that's why we need some way to think it through. I think mm-hmm. like Solomon, actually it's pretty healthy. Like in, you don't have to because you can only live out one life. So you don't you don't have to really to live it, but in your mind actually you can play it out. You can you can think it through like what what thing what value you have can carry to eternity mm. to until Jesus come. Mm. Uh, I think that's why uh, the navigators uh, the old navigators they would say like. Um, Invest in the word and invest in people. Mm. Those two things, they would never perish. Mm. 
you know, because Jesus says even the heaven and earth would, even the earth, the whole earth will perish. His word will stand forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, um, uh, so I think it's after you play through that in your mind, like what kind of a life is worth to live? And then it's the intentionality in your life because everybody has 24 hours a day. So I, I remember my life coach always say like it's actually it's quite meaningless to say time management because all time management is actually the root problem is priority management. Because mm. time management can you give birth to a 25th hour? You cannot. Mm. So I think the first is uh, Romans 12, 2, that we are called not to. Uh, conformed or some versions say we're called not to be shaped into the mode of this world mm. but to be transformed by the renewal of our mind then we will know really know God's will and mm. what is God's will God God's will is uh, is kind it's good and it's perfect mm. it's pure that means like you yourself cannot think of a a will for your own life, which is better than God's plan for you. Mm. Mm. So, so, so to me, it's like it's about like really not to be conformed to this world. Because mm. if if in your mind you think like I need to do all those things, other people also do. I also need to, you know, like I I need to volunteer in this that. I need to work this and. My home has to be vacuumed every day, and then I also have to have disciple making in my life. Then mm. you drive yourself crazy. That's right. And to be honest, actually, after um, during the pandemic time, my I I didn't clean my home for two months already, but I keep it pretty well. <laughs> so I mean, I I keep it pretty well. I mean, I wash dishes, those things. I mean, I didn't do the big cleaning. It's very clean here. Yeah, it's, it's well, it's not very clean. It's kind of okay. So that's what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like, it's something, but maybe for some lady, they think, I have to clean my home every day. Mm-hmm. And that that's the choice. That's what, it's, it's an example. Mm-hmm. And, that's true. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's good. Yeah, I think for me, um, a big inspiration is um, thinking about Matthew 6.33, where Jesus says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And it just, to me, it's just a, a thing I come back to again and again when I think about the character of God and who he is, that God is so good that he doesn't give us these standards. And I think we kind of talked about this earlier before the podcast, too, that he did, God wouldn't give us these things and then and they, and them not be good. You know, he doesn't he wouldn't give us, you know, it says Jesus said, you know, you wouldn't give your kid who asked for a loaf of bread, a stone or, you know, it's this isn't something that God wouldn't give us this um, t- task to do discipleship. He wouldn't give us this calling to do discipleship. And then have it be something that will consume us and burn us out and and make us unable to do other things. But then actually Jesus says when we really just when we make our main focus, you know, God's kingdom, his righteousness, you know, growing this kingdom, moving towards righteousness. What we can know is that 
actually those other things, we, we don't really need to worry about them too much because God is with us and he's watching over us and he knows our steps and he's going to take care of those things. You know, sometimes it's okay to miss the less important things uh, when we're really focused on those things that are important. You know, that's a that's a big theme, like in that tyranny of the urgent. You know, there's a lot of urgent things in front of us, but then there are some things that are really important. And so when we focus on those things before God that are really important, actually, we can kind of be okay with the other things that we either let slide or we just put into God's hands and we say, Lord, I want to put this into your hand. I'll trust you with this. Mm-hmm. And also come back to the... Um, I said in my early 20s, I didn't have time to, to date. But then guess what? I'm married now. So, sure. <laughs> you know, so, mm. so God gave me that. Well, because I want to share that because that that's the testimony of what you just shared. Mm. That Matthew 6, 33. Mm. That all right. other things God will give to you. Like mm. God gave me a great husband. Mm. <laughs> and a great wife. Mm, okay, so uh, we hope that you enjoyed today's podcast. Uh, please click the subscribe button if you did so that you can catch uh, the future episodes without having to come back and check all the time. Um, we will continue this cliche series for a while, um, continuing on next Saturday. And then uh, let me pray for us real quick. Father, I thank you so much for the people who listen today. And Lord, I pray that these stories from us and examples might touch their hearts. But I pray that right now for people uh, who are listening that may have a desire, Lord, to pursue you, but they may have been stuck, feeling like they, they can't, they're too busy, they have too much going on, they could never do it. And Lord, I, I, I pray that you would use um, this time of prayer and you would use this time to really touch their hearts and help them to know that it's not how big they are, how strong they are, how well, they can manage their time, but is it you're a big God, and uh, when they draw near to you, you, you'll give them the strength. You'll give them the ability to be able to continue in these things, and it's not too much. You don't give us tasks and things like that that are outside of our capabilities, but you give us things that we can pursue and do so that we can really access you. We can know you, and you want to be known, and you want to know us, Lord, and we thank you for that, and we thank you that you've blessed us with a good life, and you continue to bless us um, and help us to reach other people. And Lord, um, we thank you for that. I pray that you bless people during this pandemic. Help people not to be too fearful. And just we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.